Hey, 415. This episode covers the switch and sprints, which are the frameworks for this class. As you listen, think about your workflow and mindset in the past. Try to buy into this framework for the semester just to see how it could be integrated to your future work and beyond. Let's get started. The first topic in this sort of podcast and idea is switch, which is really just a way to orient your projects and your mindset. So when you review the syllabus, read it, watch my video on it, definitely review it. You are going to notice flexibility um, for when you need to actually accomplish tasks. I recommend obviously following along through the week so it doesn't build up too much, but you do get to decide, you know, how you actually progress through the sprints because I'm not requiring weekly deadlines. You know, at this stage, you should know and you are here to practice that workplace skill of, you know, managing different tasks and projects and goals within a larger timeline. So, I'm not making you do like your mini projects and your competitor analyses and things, you know, by an external, like get them done every week. I totally understand that some weeks you're going to be extremely busy. You have other classes, you have work, you have life. Um, But if you don't kind of set up some sort of framework to work through those, you know, before the end of each month, I think that you're going to have a sad time getting them all done. And so we really are practicing that workplace skill of managing, right, those tasks and those timelines on your own. Now, following Switch, which is actually a full book from the authors Chip and Dan Heath, um, their brothers, can help you set those milestones for yourself. And so the first part of their framework is what they call direct the writer. And direct the writer is really about setting concrete goals so that way you can track your progress and measure how well you are completing it. Um, now, for the larger class, right, I do have some concrete goals for you, right? You will need to turn in your work eventually. I will be, you know, tracking your progress that way through the grade book. I will be measuring how well you complete it through, you know, the feedback, the grades that you earn. But within them, you also need to set, right, your concrete kind of mini goals and your own milestones to make sure that you are hitting, right, our larger sprint deadlines. And so look ahead to each sprint project, when they're due, what it takes, how the um, themes of the week and what we're learning and those competitor analyses, you know, can build to your final sprint project just to help guide your end of semester goals, right? And so I do want you to just be thinking about how you're actually going to work towards that so it doesn't kind of creep up on you. Um, And in our first session on Wednesday, we are going to have that chance to kind of outline this first sprint. Um, Together, you can get inspiration and talk with your classmates. So that way you can leave with a bit of an idea in mind on how you might work towards things. Now, the second really important thing about your goals and directing the writer is being feasible in the progress that you actually can make. Our, Our deadlines are actually about a month apart, but it's not typically feasible, you know, for you to wait until that last week and then do all of your mini projects, get your sprint project done. You know, I I don't want you pulling all nighters to do this. I really want you to try to practice, you know, 
spreading out your work, um, just like you have done in internships or jobs maybe you had, or, you know, what you're going to be expected and need to do when you do get out into those internships and career fields. So when you're thinking about, you know, direct the writer, really try to avoid just saying things like, I need to work on this a bit, or I'm going to do it soon. Um, Because one, you know, when it's not defined, it's easy to just blow it off. Like what does soon mean? Does soon mean five minutes? Does soon mean tonight? Does it mean tomorrow? Is, you know, later this month soon to you? So don't give yourself that wiggle room. Instead, define actually what it is, right? I'm going to review two posts from the brand I selected for this week's competitor analysis. And I'm going to do that when I get back from work, right? And so put a bit more boundaries on it. And just remember that, you know, some is not a number. So you can't measure some very effectively. Give yourself something actually, you know, if you accomplished it or not. And soon is not a time. So give yourself a real time frame, which will just make it that much easier to stay accountable. Well, after you direct the writer and you've set those concrete goals, you know exactly what your sum and your soon means, we want to motivate the elephant. Motivating the elephant is all about identifying the emotions kind of behind your work um, and what gets, you know, your ball rolling, really, what is going to help you stay focused on your projects. And so um, with motivating the elephant, you can replace it with whatever animal resonates with you. Um, But of course, elephants quite large. When they get to move in, they can kind of power through. Um, If they don't want to move, right, what's going to make them? Um, And so our elephant often gets kind of compared to like willpower. Um, But really, it's it's the emotion behind your actions. So if you are like, I don't want to do it, it doesn't really matter how concrete your goals are. doesn't matter how clear your path is, which we'll talk about in a minute. Like if you just 100% don't want to do it, you know, that's going to be the biggest barrier. Um, And so I have a a couple just ideas to help you sort of get that motivation going, even if you don't want to do something, how to like, maybe kind of change that mindset a little. Obviously, we all do things in work and school and life that we don't like, maybe want, want to do. Um, But it's all about kind of finding ways to get your elephant going a little bit so that way you can get that thing accomplished. So the first thing that you might help is task switching, you know, kind of between whatever's inspiring you more at that moment. And so task switching is the more realistic version of multitasking, right? When we pretend that we multitask because we really can't very well, you know, we're like kind of split with our focus. We're working on two different things, multiple things at the same time. Neither thing is actually getting the attention it needs. Um, And so you are going to have to task switch instead, which is being completely focused on one thing, but then being flexible enough to stop completely focused on another thing you know, stop and go back. And so that could be, you know, helpful, for example, in this class, right, if you are happen to just be like scrolling on Instagram, and you actually come across a brand or a post example that you realize is going to be really good for your competitor analysis that week, or just really inspires you, a task switch could be, you know, stop the sort of scrolling and what you were doing, you know, bookmark that post or save it or even open up a Word document and just quickly outline kind of what resonated, what you're thinking about. Um, and then when that, once that task is done, 
you know, close your Word document and you can go back to your scrolling. Um, you could also, if you're in, you know, other journalism classes this semester or something that you realize something you read in that class actually connects to something we're working on in this class or vice versa, a task switch there could be, okay, stop, you know, pull that citation or that note or, you know, that skill, apply it to, you know, project B and then go back to project A. Um, and so kind of just follow your inspirations to make progress, you know, in a lot more areas, but just make sure when you task switch that you are actually like giving your 100% focus and effort to that one task before you go off and do another task. Um, another thing that sometimes can help, especially if you're like a visual kind of more like tactile um, learner like type of person could be what I call the sticky note method for tracking progress, which is what it sounds like, you know, get sticky notes in different colors that, you know, resonate with you that you like to look at that gets you excited or whatever. Um, and on your like closet door, um, sticky notes actually tend to stick really well to the, the type of paint that's usually on like a door frame. Um, on your closet door, you all, you know, outline in colors that make sense to you, the different, you know, types of projects. Um, it could be topics, it could be project milestones, you know, you got to kind of think about how you like to track stuff. Um, but you'll put it, you know, organized on your closet door, maybe one side is stuff that you still need to do. And you have your different color codes for how long it's going to take or how hard it's going to be or, you know, how you feel about it. And then as you finish them, you'll move it to like the other side of your door, which is the completed side. Um, and it just makes it really quick and clear to see like what's going on that week or what's going on with that project that you haven't done yet and what still needs to be done. And so you could use that method specifically for our sprint projects, right? At the beginning of the sprint, look at the assignment details, um, you know, listen to my podcast about that assignment so you know what's going on. Create your sticky notes for the things you know you need to do, the objectives of that assignment, and kind of all the pieces that you know you're going to have to bring together for it. And then as you work through your sprint project over the course of a month, you know, you'll move the sticky note for identify the platforms. Okay, I know what platform's going to use, moving that to the done side. Okay, now I still need to figure out, um, you know, and write my um, brand style guide. As you complete that, you can move that over. So kind of you could think about your sprint project, um, which is a bigger project, breaking it down using sticky notes or, you know, whatever kind of visual helps you, um, just so you know what's left and what you've already done. I personally am using that sticky note method right now. I'm literally looking at it as I record um, for my dissertation. I am finishing a PhD in journalism and media communication. Oh, light is at the end of the tunnel, almost there. Hopefully over the course of this semester, I will become a doctor. Um, but I still have, you know, quite a few things on my need to do and in progress side um, with kind of that sprint to October 1st outlined with the things I would need to do at each milestone. Um, so I'll be sticky noting through it um, and giving you updates. And hopefully you also can sticky note your own major projects as a way to help you keep track. And then kind of the third thing you can do to get your elephant motivated, right, getting back to those emotions that get you going. Um, if you are just like super, super stuck and down, 
you know, write down two reasons to actually keep going on this project, right? Identify what do I feel? Are you feeling sad? Are you hungry? Are you frustrated? Are you annoyed? Are you apathetic? Like, what is that actual emotion? And then write down two reasons that you shouldn't let that emotion get in the way or, you know, a thing that you're going to do to confront and kind of deal with that emotion and then get you back on track. Um, and, and actually, you know, writing them down in like your notes app on your phone or one of your sticky notes or something um, sometimes can help us actually process through the emotion that's in our way um, and refocus and visualize and actually center like why we're doing this and what's the point. Uh, so that's motivating your elephant. And the last part of switch is clearing the path, which is one of my favorite parts, um, which is just about designing your environment and finding those tools for you to be successful. And so it's things like, okay, where do you feel inspired? Where do you feel focused? Well, make sure that you are doing your work in those spaces that you feel inspired or focused or recreate that space, you know, the best that you can. You could also think about your schedule. Um, you know, we, we meet in person one day a week, but could you maybe dedicate consistent time periods to this class, you know, outside of our Wednesday commitment, um, just so you can stay really structured and know that you have this time to focus and work on it. Um, it could also be kind of broader. Like for me, I know I work best in the morning. Like, I mean, if I get up at like 630 and start working by seven, like seven to about 1130 are just like my peak time. Like that's when I am doing my fastest work, my most high quality work. Like I'm feeling the most creative and inspired. Things just always go better. Even if it's a bad day, the morning is always like less bad than the afternoon. And if it's a great day, the mornings, it was like extra good. And then I fade as the day continues. So for me, right in my you know, career work. I always try to group things that I know is going to take a lot of like creativity or like effort or brain power and do that in the morning first. Um, in my personal projects or life, um, I try to do things that I'm like kind of dreading and not feeling motivated to do first thing in the morning um, when I have like the most oomph um, to get it done. And then I try to schedule things, you know, at work um, through the afternoon. Um, and, and created kind of a, a flex schedule. So that way I could organize it like that. Um, so if you have that ability to, you know, flex your schedule around when you feel best, you know, when is the clearest path for you, try to clear that path and try to set yourself up for some success the best that you can. We don't obviously always have control over our schedules, um, but whatever you can control in your environment and in your schedule, you know, do so so you have what you need. So these three aspects are just essential for project management and social media professionals. You know, we're going to be all about those mid to long term projects. You know, campaigns take quite a while to plan and then they actually have to run and then you have to like assess and evaluate them at the end. And so there's going to be longer term projects um, and milestones all along the way that you're going to have to know and deal with. And it's not just going to be like one project. If you go into social media management, it's very, very likely like industry standard. You will also have more than one client that has, you know, more than one mid to long term project going at the same time. Um, so figure out what your kind of switch framework is. It is a very personal thing for you, right? Your rider, your elephant, your path. It's all going to be constructed differently. 
It's going to be different based on the work that you're doing. It's going to be different based on your personality and how that changes, how your needs change, how your workflow shifts, how your schedule changes. Um, So the big picture is just be open to revising your strategy, but do have a strategy. And so this semester, like right now, you know, week one, come up with that strategy for this first sprint in the first month. So that way you can stay on task and are moving towards that big picture and our project milestones. Now I keep saying the word sprint. So let's actually define that. Um, Sprints kind of are um, are more external framework. Um, You know, it's really like a the deadlines, the milestones. And so for example, right, I'm defining the sprints and the expectations of the sprint for you. Sprints come out of agile software development, actually. Um, and I've just kind of adapted it. Uh, my partner is, is in software development and he was talking about it and I just, it resonated with me. Um, and so I have been using a, you know, kind of modified version of sprints. Um, so the real kind of definition is a time box period where a scrum team right from software works to complete a set amount of work. Often it is 30 days with the expectation that the specific work is completed and ready for review at the end. So it's like, okay, we have 30 days. Here's all the things we need to do to get this, you know, piece of software, this app, this user interface, you know, out and ready for the public or the consumer. So in our class and context, our sprints are about a month long and they have the lessons, the mini projects and the strategy milestones. I expect you to complete by the end and have ready for my review. Now, just because a sprint is a whole month doesn't mean you wait until the end of the month to work on things. The whole point of a sprint is like you are accomplishing these tasks that build toward the end you know, throughout the whole sprint. Um, And it's just kind of a way to give the individual workers, the people on your team, you more flexibility and autonomy over your work because you all know, like, here's all the tasks that need to be done by the end of it. You can kind of decide, you know, what you're working on and when you're working on it, as long as it sort of all gets wrapped up, you know, with that end goal in mind. So we have three sprints this semester that you'll see in the syllabus. The first one starts August 30th and October 3rd, and everything is really focused on the strategy brief and how to prepare for that strategy brief, your kind of initial plan for your project. The second sprint is October 4th through November 7th. Everything's really focused on writing your strategy proposal. And then the third sprint is November 8th through December 8th with a focus on getting you ready for your actual strategy pitch and presentation. Now within each sprint, the things that help get you ready for that are gonna be the mini projects, which are our competitor analyses. Um, And those are where you get to really like practice and apply what we learned that week from the lessons. Um, And they will build some directly build some, you know, less directly, but they all are, oriented towards whatever that sprint project is um, to give you some sort of skill or idea or inspiration, or again, sometimes a more direct section for your project. Now, sprints, um, you know, they contain the various tasks, obviously, like related to the projects. And it's really just here to help us break down all the things that we have to do in this class into those more focused units. So yeah, it's really like a module or a unit is kind of the more academic term. But frankly, I think sprint like sounds more energizing, like sounds cooler and and frankly, language matters, right? Using sprint instead of like 
this module has always given me a new mindset and framework that I actually do find useful in my life. And so sprints, like I use them in my personal projects, like I mentioned, um, with the sticky note thing, like my dissertation, I've broken it into sprints because it's such a big project and has been on such a long timeline. It just helped me to be like, okay, you know, this sprint for the next, you know, three weeks, I need to focus on this chapter and pull this data and, you know, do these smaller things. So I didn't get so overwhelmed by like the ginormous project I was working on. So that's, you know, where it really helped me. But now even in my, you know, career paid work, I break it into sprints with my um, boss as well. So I can say, okay, for the next two weeks, here's the main things that I'm going to be working on. Um, and then we can evaluate you know, after those two weeks, what got done, what needs to be pushed. Um, and again, it just helps me and her stay like on the same page and focused about what I'm working on. And just speaking of some mindsets, um, one more point before we wrap this first episode up, um, bright spots, growth areas, kind of the mindset to, to think about your work through. Bright spots are things you want to replicate with intention. So I really encourage you not to go in with like a one and done mindset, like, okay, I turned in that, you know, competitor analyses. Nice. I did a really great job on it. I had great feedback. Okay. Don't need to think about it anymore. Like, no, I want you to go through and think, okay, what did I do well? How can I do that kind of thing again? Um, and it could be, hey, I got this turned in on time. Okay, what helped you get it turned in on time? But it could also be, you know, specific things. So when I mark something on your work as a bright spot, it doesn't mean like, good job, never think about it again. It means, yes, good job. I want to see more of this. Do stuff like this again. And it doesn't necessarily mean copying that exact thing. It's replicate with intention. What is the thing that can be applied to the next project that kind of resembles, right, that bright spot from the first one? Growth areas, on the other hand, are things you want to recalibrate with intention. It's not a failure. It's just a learning moment. And with critical thinking and effort, we can change our growth areas into bright spots. We can only do that if we, you know, stop, really assess, okay, what didn't work so well in that thing that I did, this thing I turned in, this action, this project, this outcome, what is actually the growth area there that I can recalibrate with intention, that I can change after thinking about it and assessing it? How can I bring in more bright spots to help me kind of correct this growth area? Um, and so I provide feedback as bright spots and growth areas for your learning. Um, and just remember like, a critique isn't inherently negative. It's unpacking the different pieces and their influence on the whole. So we do tend to be like, oh, if somebody's critical of you, we tend to think of it as very negative and people use it as a negative, but like at its core, like critical theory is not focusing on like the bad stuff. Critical theory is how can we actually identify all the influences and just all the stuff going on in this context and then talk about how it's impacting other stuff around it. Um, and so when I say I want you to be critical in your competitor analyses, I don't mean just like shit on that brand or that post and, and only point out what you think is wrong. I mean, identify the elements that you see in that post or what's going on with that brand strategy or, you know, whatever we're looking at and actually describe how those elements are influencing the post, the engagement and the overall product or outcome. Okay, so being critical 
yes, often comes with identifying the stuff that's like not such a good influence or maybe went wrong. Um, but it also means identifying the stuff that has more positive influence and identifying the stuff that's not positive or negative. It just is an influence. Um, so do think about that when you are being critical of your own work, when you're being critical of things that inspire you, right? It's not focused on the bad. It's really focused on the bright spots, things that could be replicated with intention for new contexts, the growth areas, things that be that can be recalibrated with intention, um, and ultimately just how all the stuff you're doing and what you put into your work is influencing right, that final product that you're trying to get. All right. Thank you all. We'll go ahead and wrap this up. Um, do explore the additional learning materials and articles on Canvas. Um, I have three in there for this week. The first one is just an article on Agile Sprints, so you can have some more context on the true method that we're adapting. Um, and I think you'll definitely see like how sort of software development is being mapped onto our class. And I hope that you can find ways to sort of adapt it and map it onto your own workflow as well. Then there's a video lecture about Switch. It's definitely lo it's longer than any other video probably I'm going to give you this semester. Um, um, and it was actually created for a technical writing class that I used to teach. Um, and so just kind of do keep that in mind. You're going to be like, what? We're not JTC 300. Um, but the themes about project and people management definitely carry forward to our work in this class. Um, and there's also just added examples for directing the writer, motivating the elephant and clearing the path that again, you could relate to um, and sort of map onto this. So we do want you to carve out some time to actually watch that content. Um, but you might, you know, need to to break it up or something because it is a little bit long, it's like 40 minutes. Um, and then last, I want you to review the syllabus for this class. I have a video explaining the syllabus um, that you can watch and definitely I need you to just review the policies and deadlines so we can all be on the same page. All right, y'all. Thank you and I will see you soon.